When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, everybody. Welcome, and thank you for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. I'm Zach Riddle. I'm usually here with Laura Heck, but she was camping when it came time to record this interview, but that actually worked out great for me. Because if you listen to the podcast much, you might know that I have a deep love of the United States women's national team, the soccer team. And if you are eight years old or 18 or 28, and I ask you about the greatest of all time, you might mention Megan Rapinoe or maybe Carly Lloyd or Abby Wambach, and you wouldn't be wrong. They are all fantastic players. But if you ask any one of them, they will tell you that they are standing on the shoulders of giants. And if you are 38 or 48 like me and you love this team, you know that Christine Lilly is one of those giants. To my mind, she is the greatest of all time. I absolutely love her style of play, um, her longevity, her leadership. Um, She wears number 13, just like me. Pretty sure that makes us best friends. Um, I was thrilled to get this interview, and I am neither apologetic about or embarrassed of how much I gush and play fanboy during our talk. Um, I've been dying to talk to a professional athlete, though, for a long time specifically about teamwork. I hear this in my office all the time. I just wish we were on the same team or wish we felt like teammates. Um, So we get to talk about that a little bit. I'm also fascinated by any environment where work and play are the same thing, kind of like a long-term committed relationship. Um, So we get to have that conversation. This is a lot of fun for me. I hope it will be for you too. Also, if you are eight years old or 18 and you're listening to this podcast, go outside, go play soccer. Um, The rest of you, this is a very cool conversation. Stick around. Yeah, you're in Boston. Yeah. Where are you again? I'm in Seattle. Oh, that's right. I'm in Seattle. I grew up in uh, Virginia and went to William and Mary. I think I played against you one time. Um, Maybe. I was at William and Mary in the 90s when um, Erica Walsh was there and Ann mm-hmm. Cook. Erica Walsh is at Penn State, I think, I think now. Yeah, but Ann Cook, I know. Yeah. That's when I started to f- sort of fall in love with women's soccer. And uh, William and Mary hosted a seven-a-side tournament a couple times we a We played year. every spring. Yeah, we played every yeah. spring. And I was an athletic trainer. I wasn't. Yeah, it was so fun. I was an athletic trainer and I wasn't, uh, wasn't good enough to play for the team, but I, they let me play in that tournament. So they gave me a uniform and everything. It was my whole bit. And I remember playing um, against Mia Ham. And I was Mm -hmm. like, I got this because she's so slight. I was like, I can just, I'm going to 
this, I'm going to prove myself out. here. And she, <laughs> I mean, you know, she took me to school and all of you did. And it was just like, it was the first time I kind of truly appreciated that it was like an, impre- like an, a truly impressive sport. I, fe- I mean, I, I, again, I fell in love and I was just so, um, I was so excited that it was, you know, pre-internet, you couldn't kind of pay attention and follow people, but, um, yeah, I was pretty, I'm pretty sure you were in that tournament too. And, um, yeah, we went in together the same year. So yeah. Um, I must've been that definitely there. Right on. And then I got to, uh, so I married my wife who lived in Westport at the time. Oh, wow. And we moved into a little house in Weston and I was coaching a team in New Canaan and I was teaching in Norwalk. I was teaching at Brian McMahon high school and I was just like giddy <laughs> with delight. Cause I drove through there right around 1999 and your banners were all over the place in town. And it was just like, <laughs> so I just, Oh my gosh, this is so funny. I just decided that Christine Lilly is my favorite player of all time. And, uh, so oh, I'm really glad to talk to you and thanks for coming on. Oh, well, thank you for uh, being persistent and reaching out to me, to be honest. Well, you know, oh, it's just one of those things. Gets- like I get these wild hairs sometimes where I'm like, I want to talk to, you know, whoever. And, um, when I started thinking about like, who did I really want to talk to? Certainly you were on the list right now on the podcast. We joke about wanting to talk to Ryan Reynolds. I just want to talk to Ryan Reynolds. Like just, oh, I can get Ryan Reynolds on the podcast. Ryan Reynolds too. <laughs> um, that would be fun. <laughs> but uh, you know, you get, you get who you get. And sometimes, you know, I, I have to, I have to remind myself, I can't get mad when people don't respond to my, to my stuff. Cause what yours, I, I wrote you maybe a year ago or something. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's why I said you gotta be persistent. Yeah. So you're Christine Lilly. Tell me about you. Like, what are you up to? I can, I can give you your bio, I can give your bio, but um, I, I want to ask the question that everybody on the planet would probably ask, which is why on earth would you come on a podcast about marriage therapy? Like what is, why did you agree to do this? Why not? Yeah. <laughs> right. Why not? I, well, I think, you know what, obviously there's podcasts. I mean, I think I've been on so many different ones, the ones I haven't been since I, I wrote a book two years ago. And, uh, and it's, I think it's fun just talking about different things. And I think also the majority of what I know things about, whether team or sports, it, 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 it's affiliated to everything. You can relate it to life. You can relate it to relationship. You can relate it to anything because anything you do on the field, you have to work with others. And, um, and when I got that and after I kept reading your emails and re- looking back, I hadn't responded. I was like, this could be kind of a fun thing. Yeah. And relationships aren't easy. And I don't think, uh, sports are easy. You know, you got to work together. And, uh, but I think relationships and the connections you meet with people are extremely important. Yeah. And that's been one of the greatest things that sport has given me is the connection to others. Cool. And you're, so you're married. I'm married. Yeah. Uh, 15 years this year. Yeah. Okay. Congratulations. I think, I think. I think. <laughs> I know. I, I'm the same. 2000 and what year are we in? 2006. I got married. Yes, this is 15. Yeah, I like to tell people. Uh, my wife and I, we we were married in 1997, and at this point, we'll say something like, "We've been happily married for 22 out of 24 years," because number eight was no good, and number 18 was no good, but the rest were, you know, <laughs> they were pretty decent. But um, um, <laughs> yeah, and good. you have children, yeah. Yes, two girls, uh, thirteen and ten. Do they do they play soccer? They do play soccer. Do they do, not for not forced? They they yeah. enjoy. Do they? I mean, what's that like? I always think about like LeBron James's kids playing basketball or something. Like they have to do whatever. But do you? Is that? Do they love it? Yeah. 
They do. They actually do. And I've told them many a times, I said, you don't have to play if you don't want yeah. to. Um, but I'm coaching them a lot now or I have been. And uh, yeah, they, they do. And they do other sports, lacrosse, basketball, gymnastics, um, anything that kind of comes up. But they, yeah, they enjoy it. Uh, I want to get into it, but I want to ask you one question that, that again, if you don't want to answer it, you don't have to. But have, do you, have you ever mm-hmm. had an experience with marriage therapy? Have you ever done it? Yes. Was it, was it helpful? Like, yes. Why? Why? I think because the conversation that you normally have minus having a, a random stranger or third person in the room, it changes the dynamic of the conversation. Yeah. And I, I think that's what it did. It makes it, instead of saying something that I take offensive, um, the person kind of is like, well, why, why does that offensive? Like you start to think about things or why this? So it totally changes the dynamic of a, a conversation. Instead of yeah. a fight, it becomes a conversation. There's two things. There's two, two kind of two reasons I asked about that because I, um, one is the more I get to talk to people who sort of are accomplished and maybe they've, they've reached the pinnacle of their career, they seem like they have it all together. The more I'm just aware that all of us are struggling with the same stuff. Like we're all dealing with yeah. the same, the same things, whether it's, whether you're on TV or whether you're been in the Olympics or whether you're marriage therapist, even like I, I have the same stuff all the time, but, um, so it's helpful, I think, to normalize that for people. I think the second part is I'm always curious about, particularly when clients come in and they, they tell me about a previous history with therapy. I want to know like what works and what doesn't work. And sometimes what you're saying is it's just maybe accountability, just having somebody else who can sort of level the playing field if we want to use a sports metaphor to help uh, make sure that you're playing, playing fair, maybe. Yeah. And I think you're a little bit nicer in how you speak to each other with a third person in the room too. People do tend to be on their best behavior when they're in my office. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, oh yeah, no, I didn't really mean to say it that way. <laughs> or I didn't, you know, and I mean that in like a, in a fun way that we all should be a little bit nicer when we talk to each other in general. Yeah. I'm a big fan of, I think kindness goes a long way, no matter what you're trying to accomplish. So. Yeah. Um, um, all right. So I like it. Cool. All right. So I have some questions. I've been dying to talk to an athlete and I think you're, I think this is going to be really fun because one of the things you might imagine is couples in here. This is my office, by the way, that's my couch that people sit on and um, couples that come in here, they, um, they will say a lot, a lot. I just want to make sure we're on the same team. Like, I just want to feel like we're, we're a teammate. And so that is something that I'm interested in hearing you talk about. I know your book uh, Mm -hmm. powerhouse is kind of, that's the sort of the heart of it. I was trying to make sense of the, the, the letters you chose in that, like you use T E A M as kind of a guide. Right. Yeah. I don't know if it's one-to-one for a couple's relationship, but maybe it is. And that might be cool to talk about. And, but I'm interested to hear about what gets stirred up in you when you hear the idea of, Hey, we want to, we want to be on the same team. Like, what does that even mean as far as you know? Well, I think I've said that to my husband a, a bunch. <laughs> um, and I'm always like, we're, I feel like I feel like we're not together on this. I think feel like we're we're different mindset. And I think, well, I think because when you're a part of a team, you know what your goal is, um, you know mm-hmm. what you're trying to achieve, and you know what you have to do individually to do that. You have to do your job, whether you're a forward striker, midfield. So you have a job. And I think what gets lost in relationships is the jobs aren't as clear or it's like, well, I'm doing all this. What the heck are you doing? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I think it becomes a more of a power, not a power struggle, but more so like, I don't feel like some, some end is 
the other side's doing what I'm doing. And that happens on teams. You, if you're a midfielder, you feel like you're doing all the running and the forward just scoring the goal and they're like, woo. Yeah. And sometimes you get a little, sometimes you get a little animosity because you're like, well, I've been running up and down this field. Where's my, where's my love? You know? Yeah. So I think it's definitely a balance. And, but I think also on a team, you, um, you're emotionally invested, but, uh, I think the love part of it, the in love part of it changes it a little bit and you're mostly invested, but it's not, uh, you don't have to live with these people every day. You go to practice, you can get away and, and whatnot. Um, but with your spouse, you have, you're together all the time and you got to figure out, um, what your roles are and you have to accept them first mm. off. And then you have to be respectful and trust that the other side's going to do what they said they're going to do. Yeah. And sometimes it, it gets a little shady. Yeah, that's an interesting <laughs> Or gray, yeah, yeah. gray. I thought you said shitty, which was you're 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 allowed. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, it kind of does. <laughs> no, shady, <laughs> which I meant gray. It's not black yeah. and white. It's gray. Well, I think the other thing too is like some of us uh, as athletes, you know, you can carve out oh. an identity as a midfielder, as a striker. Like that's just what you are. But mm -hmm. it's harder, I think, sometimes too in a relationship because your roles they're going to change over time. You know, like the idea of even what what is a marriage is different when you're, when you don't have children. And then when you do have children and then you have, you know, children who are, you know, maybe favoring one or you or the other, or then you have an empty nest or something like that whole concept of it changes, which means the roles are going to change as you go. And people do things differently. Yeah. 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 See, one of my ongoing um, arguments my husband and I have is bedtime. Okay. I like, he thinks the, the kids should be going to bed a little bit earlier than they are. And I, I do. And I tend to like clean up everything downstairs before I go. But the kids, he tends to leave it and take the kids up, get them to bed and then come back yeah. down. So we always are like inside of a struggle, like, well, I do it this way. You do it that way. Yeah. Um, and I'm, he takes them up there, but they always want me to finish, you know, the good night part. And I'm like, well, you go do it. If you're going to yell at me to tell, go up, you know, so I'm like, you do it. He's like, but they don't want me. I'm like, well, then don't tell me what well, to do. What do you think that is? Cause it's, I mean, so, okay. The thing that you said about you know, having the same goal, the way that I get to that with clients a lot of times is I'll say, here's a thing that's going to happen. And it's going to happen to you. It's your kids are going to be in therapy one day, mm -hmm. your adult children, you know, five, 10 years from now, they're going to be in therapy. And somebody's going to say, tell me about your parents. What was their relationship like? What was it like being like, what was their marriage? Like, what did you learn from them? Probably. And I've never heard it. I've never heard this one time. They're not going to say, well, they always argued over bedtime. Like that was the thing that they did, but they're going to say something about what that something about that argument that you have is represented in that bedtime struggle. And I wonder if you guys are putting your finger on like, mm. is there just, is there a difference between say your opinions about discipline or your opinions about um, health and w wellness for growing girls? Or is there an opinion about mm -hmm. um, freedom or who, who knows? I mean, that's generally what's at stake. And it, I think mm. sometimes we put our, I would, sometimes I'll call it taking your eye off the ball. Like when we fixate on right. the bedtime or the dishes or, you know, where to go on vacation, we're, we're, we're missing the opportunity to really kind of figure out what it is that we both want here. Like you're probably not in a disagreement that you both mm -hmm. want strong, healthy kids, you know, or whatever. Right. Um, exactly. But then there's this mm -hmm. variable called a half hour or a clean kitchen or you know, their own independence that comes into play. And it sometimes it complicates, or would you say it makes it shady? It makes it gray. It's harder to take a look at it. Right. That's interesting. The metaphor, the, the sort of the organizing principle that you've chosen is this idea around, what is it? Transformation, empowerment, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Achievement and motivation. Do you find those at work in your relationships or even, you know, in the way that you, you treat things off, off the field? You know, I don't enough. Mm. And I think that's, that's part of it. When I think about this, when I, when I do speak on this and we talk about the, what I was a part of and why it was so great, those elements were, were relevant in, in everybody, a part of it. And maybe because the team has more, um, more people involved that it's not just isolated to two folks yeah. just working on, on that. So I think that's a different element. Um, but I think to have the guidelines more so for my kids to have more, I don't say rules, but they got to know what they need to do. And sometimes I think maybe I'm not as clear sometimes. Um, and you're playing that catch up game a little, well, I didn't know you wanted it done now, or like I want it done now, but they're doing something and they don't want to do it. You know? So it's, there's just those not so explicit. And I think that causes a little bit more turmoil instead of smoothness. And family life. Yeah, that's. I mean, I'm I'm with you. I have my my daughters are 14 and 18 now, so I get kind of that that phase that you're sort of grappling with as, mm-hmm. as children go. It something that you said that's sort of hidden in this metaphor issue that people come up with, couples come up with, is they say we want to be on the same team, but it's not a soccer team, right? It's not 11 people who mm-hmm. you know. If you have if if you if you fail, maybe one of 10 other people is gonna you know carry you, you know, or if you're weak that day or you got the flu or something. Um, so there's that, that like, if somehow you're not carrying your weight, you, you know, you've only got the one person and you're sort of hoping, wishing that they're on their best behavior. But the other part of it too, is I, I think the metaphor breaks down a little bit because people will say, we want to be on the same team. And I'm like, cool, but what game are you playing? Because, you know, (laughs) like two people who are on a crew team in a boat, they have to do the exact same thing at the exact same time. But two people who are right. you know, playing beach volleyball, maybe like they got to, they have to communicate and adapt and move around. And so it's a little bit different, but I'm interested in that piece of it too, in terms of like the other thing that we hear a lot, of course, is um, marriage is a lot of work. We want to work on the relationship. I want to work on the relationship. And I think there's a huge, huge value in, in play. And you mm. have this unique perspective of having a game be your job, you know, I mean, and so how do you, how do you find, or how do you balance perhaps the, the idea of work versus play when it comes to really anything, you know, what have you, what have you learned about taking that? Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the thing, interesting thing I've learned since retiring and being coming a coach um, instead of a player is it's a lot more fun to be a player (laughs) Um, to play the game. And I think the balance the fun I had playing is different than I have that, now. That's probably why you played so long. You're like, I don't want to, I don't want to do <laughs> no, the other things. I don't, it's so true. So now that I'm coaching, so I'll just go on the sports side. But now that I'm coaching, there's so much that you have to do. Um, as a player, you're like, well, listen with the coach. I got, I got to be in shape. I got to get my touch on the ball. Um, I got to try to make a team. Um, but all those things you can physically go and do as a coach, you have to prepare. You have to see, what do I need to to do to help these players be able to do that. And it's, it's a lot, it's a lot of information. And then the, the balance that I've struggled with, especially because I'm coaching younger kids is to then the amount of teaching that you're doing compared to the fun. And I, I lecture so much on how sports is missing fun. Mm. And then I go to practice and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm not having any fun <laughs> mm. because also the expectation of someone that is 
in my program that has put them in my program because of me, I'm like, well, I got to make sure I teach because that's what they think I'm going to do. Instead of I really got to focus on what what is what is my strength and what is. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The reason why I'm doing this is to make sure these kids have fun. Make sure they can handle some things off the field if they need to um, and make sure I get the, try to help them be the best that they can be. Yeah. Why do you, um, yeah. I'm not going to make them the best player in the world. I, I can't. And I tell that kids, I'm like, I'm not going to make you who you are. You're going to make you who I'm just going to help. Mm. And I think I, and I think I have to remember to, to let go of the teaching side and enjoy, let the kids enjoy what they're doing. And that's been a big, like something I've struggled and it goes parallel right to my life. Yeah, because I feel like oh, we got to get all this done. You got to do this. Where, where's all the fun in this? And I'm missing out on the fun. Yeah, yeah, that can be a drag. It, it, what do you think differentiates the players that do become the best in the world from the players that that don't? I mean, it's mindset. It's it's your mental side of it. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt. There. I mean, you can have the most talented person, but if they don't know how to push them and they and push themselves. Um, they're, they're not going to last. And then you can have the worst players that have the mindset that can push themselves and they get to that point and then they don't have the talent to be able to maintain. So you need the both packages is the mental and then the talent. Yeah. Yeah. I think cause it, the, the from greatness, I mean, uh, I mean when I, my husband's a huge golfer and he's, he's a very good golfer, but the fine line between scratch golfer and where he is, I mean, for him to break that, he would have to practice every single day of his life. You know what I mean? The commitment. So, so you have to, you have to be committed to it and make it a priority um, and give up other things along the way. And sometimes people don't have all those pieces to be able to do that. Okay. I want to follow this rabbit trail a little bit because I, yeah. um, this is, I, I think, I, I think it's true for couples too. I'm kind of asking like, what, what's the difference between couples that transcend or that really achieve kind of the relationship health that they're chasing and the couples that don't. Right. Like, um, and I, the way I phrase sometimes what you talk about is it's a combination of capacity and desire. And I can imagine that given, you know, kind of who you are, some families, parents maybe come and they go, Oh, I'm, you're going to, we're going to get you in the world cup. We're going to get you the Olympics because your coach is going to be Christine Lilly, one of the greatest of all times. Like, Mm -hmm. and how do you, how do you manage expectations for people? And, and, and I'm kind of asking like how, how, how to manage expectations for couples. You know, they come in, maybe they find a therapist that they love or they have a great rapport with, or who's, you know, famous or whatever. And they go, this guy or this girl, she's going to fix it. Like what, how do you, how do you help them manage the expectation that, you know, 
truly tr- like kind of truly achieving greatness is pretty rare but what's the what's the goal underneath that sort of marquee greatness piece that you can offer yeah well i think it's also if it's called your we call it in soccer comfort zone and getting out of your comfort okay. zone so if you look about everything that you want to be better at you have to get out of your comfort zone you have to be willing to fail a little bit um to do that and mm. then you also want to see results so if you're out of the comfort zone and you see some results and then you're like oh okay here i am and then you start to come complacent and then the cycle begins again and then so what i think more of relationships you know you you go talk to someone they like okay work here are some things to work on so you start to do that and i'm like oh wow this is actually working mm. pretty good so you're like oh okay so it's gonna suddenly it's just gonna just flow on its own and then you start to trail and get back to your bad habits and then you're back to the same start again. And I think that along in sports as well, you, you, you know, push yourself to a point and if you don't continue to do what you need to do to stay there and then to get better, um, then you're just going to go back to your, your ways. And, and I think in sports you can see more success because you're either starting scoring, winning, uh, yeah. Um, all those yeah. things, or and then the relations side, you don't really see immediate success. You just feel a little bit better, or you don't know how thing. to measure it. Yeah, exactly. So the measuring part is a huge component, and I, I mean, I can see that in, and I'm just trying to compare, like in in sport, like going out on the soccer field. I loved so much. It made me feel like it was a place that I felt most comfortable, and I could be yeah. myself. Um, and if I made a mistake, I uh, wasn't all worried about it. Then when you're in relationships, putting yourself out on the line every time is not so yeah. fun. I mean, I, I, I think, <laughs> I mean, I could talk about metaphors all day long. I want to be, I want to pull them apart because I think they help us make sense of things, but there's a reason that running out on the soccer field and I have the same experience and I don't know if I could answer it for myself right now, but like, what do you think was germane to that space, that, bo- that rectangle box? with grass and that, that did it for you? Like, what was it that made it true for you? And, and is that replicable inside our homes? You know what I mean? Well, I, it's a place that I felt most comfortable. Yeah. I didn't feel like it's, I just felt comfort. I, um, like I could let out emotions yeah. playing a game without speaking and feel better. Um, and then you're surrounded by people that believed in you for the most part. I mean, yeah. So it was never, um, I mean, granted there were days that you felt alone out there. I mean, that's, so that, that's why I feel like it's life. Yeah. There are some days I ran, played a whole 90 minute game. I'd leave like emotionally drained yeah. and crying. And I'm like, we just won. But I was like, but I felt like I didn't do anything. Yeah. I just felt like I ran. I wasn't appreciative. You know, all these elements come yeah. into play. So it doesn't, uh, it's not always great. And so that's why it's so much like yeah. life. And that's why I think sports are so important for kids. Um, cause the ups and downs of everything happens. And if you can kind of handle there, then you know that you can handle what life yeah. can do for you too. I heard a rumor football is life. Are you, are you watching Ted Lasso? How do you feel about Ted Lasso? Oh my God. I love Ted Lasso. <laughs> I just watched the episode last night. Uh, it's just so sweet. And so like, I would, I would love him as yeah. a coach. Football is life. <laughs> I mean, uh, every element when they talk and, but it just, uh, it brings people yeah. together and, and he is so genuine himself. Obviously we're learning more about his, his background and everything, but it's just refreshing because yeah. he's not trying to be something else that yeah. he's not. 
Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, I get it. I mean, there's so, I mean, kind of everything is life. I have a friend uh, who, who's, who's quoting football is life all the time, but he's sort of like, you could take the word football out and put anything else in, right? Like your job is life or swimming mm-hmm. is life or politics is life or because, um, and I think, you know, one of the things that I've found, and I, I, this is where I think it's, it's, it's important to recognize that, that, that it, that the game is the thing, not the outcome is the thing. I have so many couples, for example, who, because they can't achieve the ideal, they, they give up, right? Because I can't make it, because I'm not going to make the Olympics, I'm going to stop playing soccer versus I'm going to get good at this and just enjoy the smell of the grass and the, and being around the people. My daughter right now, 14 years old, has been playing club soccer for, I don't know, five or six years. Um, and they're in a, her club team's in a break because they're playing uh, high school ball. And she is oh, so yeah. happy playing high school soccer, like for her school and, you know, all of the running around they do, like there's cheers from the kids and like in the stands. And I mean, just, I've never seen her have so much fun. The team is not as good as her club team, but it's, it's good. You know, she's just, it, mm. I'm like, you do that forever. You know, they're not going to go, they're not going to win any, they're going to win any yeah. titles really, but um, the joy that they have. And the, so I think there's something just cool about seizing the moment. And that's what I'm trying to help people, I think, do. It, it reminds me of this metaphor. I don't know if you've ever heard it before. It'd be interesting to hear your take on it. But there's a book out there. It's called um, Finite and Infinite Games. It's by a guy named James Carse. Mm-hmm. And his his premise is basically that they're, the world, the life is divided into two games. One's a finite game, and that's a game of soccer, right? It's surrounded by a white line and there's it's time bound and somebody wins and somebody loses the rules are written externally and they're enforced by some guy in it with a whistle and you know that's that's how that game goes and but then there's an infinite game and i think this is marriage i think this is life i think this is you know maybe even business where you're where the goal isn't to win it's to prolong the game it's to push the deadline out and in order to do that you have to kind of be willing to make the rules together, like as a, as a couple or as a, as a business or as a group to decide that maybe winning isn't the goal here. Maybe just, um, Mm -hmm. sometimes I'll just say going to bed more connected and less sad is the goal. And so that is, um, I don't know. I play with that a lot with people just to see whether they find themselves in sort of these finite mindsets or these more expansive ones that let them appreciate that there's more, there's more than just, you know, the accolades and the results, you know? Well, I think it's always like, well, it's, you know, when everyone, people talk about stuff, oh, it was the journey, you know, it wasn't the outcome or like um, to enjoy the jur- the process um, more. And I think when we look, everyone always is asking me like, well, what, what are the, what did you, what do you miss about playing? Or, yeah. you know, and I always think about it and it's really common. It's an easy answer and it's very common among all athletes that they, they never say the winning mm. Um, they say, oh, well, I miss the locker room. I miss the people. Mm. Um, and compete. I, I would throw competing in there a little bit because it was, you know, that was a big part of why we played to compete. Um, but it's used the people. And I, I don't get to see my friends on the national team. Like I did. I used to see them every month yeah. or live with them for six months out of a year. And then you don't have that. And that's why I said the sports has brought you brought you together with people and the connections you've made and the relationships you are made. That is what keeps, um, us alive. And I mean, I don't have, 
the sport brought us together and the sport will keep us together. Um, minus playing, but I just missed, uh, missed the connection you got, you get when you get to see those people every day and, and have that, that, uh, a feeling of just having a support system all the time. But in the same thing, what the sport did for me was, and I will always have those people. And if I need anything, I can text one of those girls on that 99 team in a heartbeat. Anyone would do something yeah. for, you know, one of us. And so I think the power of that is pretty, pretty unbelievable. And that goes with, I mean, and granted, not all those girls on my team are my good friends. Um, but I, I wouldn't be far fetched to just, if I needed something that, that, um, to reach out to them. Yeah. Yeah, that is. And I think that's really a powerful thing for, for that. I mean, for certain teams, I mean, we spent the majority of that team spent at least 10 years together. Yeah. Like, you know, and then the rest was like five years, you know, so there was a big group that was together for a long period of time. And you guys basically invented it. I mean, you, 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 you basically invented the sport as we've come to know it. I mean, I think that's the thing that, and you know this, of course, but you can't watch a meaningful national team game, women's national team game where your name doesn't get, doesn't come up somehow, right? Julie Foudy will sneak you in there almost every time she's commentating. And then even, uh, <laughs> I slip her some money on the side. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> but I was watching Carly talk about, you know, when she, you know, after the Olympics, they were trying to get her to talk about whether or not she was going to retire. And the only thing she had left to do was to play more, get more caps than you. And she was like, I'm never going to do that. So, you know, I'm never going to, never going to beat Lil. So I'm just going to, you know, take it easy and figure out what I'm, what's next for me. So, yeah, that's really exciting. I, yeah, well, I, I think it's fascinating. I'm really glad to talk to you. And, um, I think, I think that it's really cool that you have the perspective that you have. And I'm, I'm grateful that you were willing to sort of share it with us and just figure out where are the places that we can take these, um, sort of really impressive, sort of team ethos. What is it? Is it ethos? Is that the right word? Mm. And bring it into our home. I think there's a lot. Mm. And I, I'm, I'm going to spend a lot of time thinking about like, what does it mean to get into the locker room with my wife? Right. Or to get into just the, the grind, right. This kind of the, the, the confidence and the appreciation that there's yeah. a, that, that it's not the outcome. It's, it's, you know, did we, did we do it together? Right. And I think the vulnerability, I think, is a big piece when I think about my personal relationships, relationships in general, whether it's my husband or, or even with family members, is the part that um, you're vulnerable. And, and when you play on the team, you have to put yourself in a position that uh, knows that you could fail and you could succeed. Mm-hmm. And, and you got to know that when you step out there on the field to do that that can happen. And I think you have to think about that in relationships. And I think a lot of us are more so afraid to lose relationships. So we're not as comfortable putting us all out there. Well, yeah, it kind of goes back to that thing you were saying about, you got to be willing to, uh, well, actually, you know what? I was listening to an interview with Ryan Reynolds the other day, and this is, I didn't do that on purpose. <laughs> you really need to get, I was like, you need to I know, we need to find it. Well, if you know how to do that, that'd be great. I, I, uh, I, wish, <laughs> I wish. But he, he basically said, you can't be great at anything unless, you've, unless you're willing to be bad at it. And that means you have yeah, to kind like of that. like, you have to go out and try to learn how to do a new move, or you have to learn how to try a relational skill that you haven't had before. And I have people tell me all the time, oh, it's just not me, or it's so awkward. And I'm kind of like, sorry about that. You know, you got a kid on the field who's, you know, right foot dominant. You're trying to get them to go left, go left, go left. And they're like, ah, it's awkward. I don't really want to like. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, sorry about that. Need to scud, yeah, <laughs> you know, do it. You're not going to get any better unless you can go right and left because somebody will figure out that you can only go right and then that's then they'll narrow their the way that they interact with you and they, then they'll defend you that way and your options are become much more limited until you do expand what you have to offer. So, um, my, uh, that's so funny. My dad on this, my dad would yell on the sidelines all the time. He wasn't a soccer guy, but he was a sports guy. So he, he's like, all sports have the same goal. You gotta try to score. So, um, he would be like, you need to go to your right, go right. Cause I would always go left. And he's like, they know what you're doing. So you gotta go right. And he keep, would yell it to me. And then I finally do it. And he just like, be like, I got. Yeah. Well, I think that's it sometimes. <laughs> I, that. I think, I mean, you know, my kid is pretty slight. She's Mia Ham ish. And uh, just in terms of, I don't know if that's a fair thing to say, but um, she, uh, <laughs> and she won't hit anybody, you know? And I'm like, you know, go out there and she's fast and she's got a great touch and she really is able to kind of move around. But I'm like, Mary, you come off the field and if you've, if you just hit somebody, just, just go show your body that you can do it that's a win. You know, you, you win today. Like, it doesn't matter if you, her, her kind of thing is she wants to lead her team and assist, but she's, I just wanted to, I just wanted to like, even if she just gets hit, like go ahead and let somebody, you know, and have a win that maybe it hurts even a little bit, but it shows her that she's bigger than what her brain can do, you know? Yeah, no, I know. Yeah. What's next for you? Tell me about your book and, and how, how it can help you help people learn more about what you're bringing into the world. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, uh, I was doing a lot of um, public speaking with the book and sharing the story of the success of the U.S. Women's National Team through my book. Um, but obviously, the, since COVID hit, that has been uh, minimal. Yeah. I finally have a speech coming up in October yeah. um, to do that. But I did a lot of Zoom and connecting with, uh, with teams and companies. Um, but I think just sharing the story. And I think one of the big things as a female athlete or a female you don't, there's not enough of the stories out there. There's not enough of the books sharing the female side of the story. So I'm not just talking when I share, I'm not just talking about me. I'm talking about my team. And I think that was the element of being part of a team. And it was never about one person. So you could always share um, the success of the team more easily because it was all of us. It yeah. was never one of us. Uh, so I'm going to just continue to do that coaching quite a bit. Um, I've worked a lot with FIFA on some different things. Um, they're trying to build the women's side of things yeah. up there. There's a lot of talk of, you know, getting the female base out there helping the female sports. Um, and I do believe that, but I think that the role of sports for young kids is so important. So like whether I'm coaching these young kids in soccer and trying to help that, uh, it's just the avenues I'm trying yeah, to make a difference, make an impact. Be better at, be better at. That's really yeah. cool. Do your kids mm-hmm. get it. Do your kids understand like the role that you have and the kind of the, the building and the forming of this sport or do they appreciate you in that way? Or are you just like, um, my- <laughs> they, uh, they, I don't know if they understand that we're a part of the process of making soccer where it is today. Uh, I think they know that they, obviously my oldest knows what I've done. My youngest too, but I mean, they've been to every camp and we do introductions and we talk about, you know, I do camps with Mia Ham and Tish Ventrina and the team. And each time they introduce us and the kids are sitting in the front row and then I'll ask the kids, I'm like, how many caps do I have? They're like, (laughs) um, I'm like, how do you guys not know? You're there every day. (laughs) We have camp. So like I said, I'm mom to them. They rather follow Roosevelt and, you know, um, Sam Mewis on the team and see what that is. But they have, they know, um, 
And sometimes in the beginning, they it would take them, take me away from them. So I think that part of it they didn't like, but I think they're starting to understand and getting the perks, like going to the world cup in 19 yeah. in France. So they're like, Oh, oh yeah, right mommy on. got this. So there's, there's a balance, balance yeah. of all that. So they, they know, um, but they need to know more. And I think young kids need to know more in every aspect of history of what yeah. came before us. So I think that's, that's important really cool. element. I think that's my whole list. Um, let me think if there's anything else. That was good. I was waiting for a little more uh, relationship questions, Zach. I was I was getting pins and needles over here. Well, I I have to be really careful because you know um, I I have them. Like I'm I'm ready to go at people, and because just because of the way I'm wired, right? I'm just like, oh, tell me more about this thing about yeah. bedtime. Like, what's going on there? And what's, you know, <laughs> 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 I'm interested to, to figure that piece out, but. Um, but I do think like the, that there's a, the piece where, you know, met, metaphor, I, I guess I'm just working on this, like I said, a kind of this wild hair that I, I think I read in your Wikipedia, maybe your husband's a firefighter. Like there's something about, something yeah. about the, the way he goes to work every single day and what he has to think about and what he has to like, w you know, be aware of and how he has to become successful. That is important to relationships that, that teaches us how to do things. Sports just happens to be a really uh, sort of low hanging fruit when it comes to like metaphors for life, particularly because people say in my office, mm -hmm. um, what, you know, we, we want to be on the same team or I feel like, you know, we're not, you know, we're not chasing the same goal. And I think just figuring out how to tweak and twist that is really a, a, a critical piece of the piece of the equation. So, um, mm -hmm. yeah. And I, I think when you think about parents and kids, it's like, yeah. what's your end goal with them? And is it like, is it, I mean, now we're, you know, we're, we could, we switched our, our child's school and I'm like, and she's going through a transition. I'm like, oh my gosh, are we really just getting too caught up in that? Yeah. Or is this something that is going to benefit? And we do think it's going to benefit, but it's like, what's the end goal? Do you, do you want your kids to be able to leave the nest and just be able to yeah. handle themselves? Or do you, what is it? So that's what I think another part that becomes difficult sometimes. I've got one at, in college right now. Um, she just went to SMU as a freshman and oh, no way. so mine are like, you know, a little bit ahead of yours. And, uh, what I can tell you is that it, from the parenting perspective, my perspective has shifted to, I just want to be friends with my adult kids. Like I just want mm, them to yeah. like, win. I mean, I think about sometimes, you know, going to my parents for the holidays or something. I'm like, Oh my God, I don't want to get on a plane and do this whole thing. And then we got to do the thing. And my dad is going to, my mom is just, you know, <laughs> I just, I want them to, to be like, oh, we're going to we're going to mom and dad's house. Yeah, of course we are. That's what we're going to do. Like we love hanging out with them. Yeah. That's really fun. That's all I want. And yeah, and every single battle I ever had about bedtime is irrelevant to that. Yeah, you know. So it's really about you know what is it that you know, and it's irrelevant because if my kids think that you know we are going to set each other off no matter what, that become that can be problematic. So the, the other thing that we've done in our house is like. Rebecca, my wife's name is Rebecca. We argue quite a bit, but our priority is repair. Like our priority is like, yeah. we'll argue, but we'll fix it too. Which I'm sure somewhere in your story is, I didn't get along with this teammate, but when we, when we stepped on the field, it didn't matter. Yeah. You know, um, we had each other's back. Um, there's one, I was kind of watching some videos about you before. And uh, I found this interesting, which was, this idea that it like in 99 when you cleared that header off the line and then you said, mm -hmm. I think I've cleared the header off the line twice in my whole life. 
but that that is the like the thing I'm known for somehow. You know, it's like even these little minor, like insignificant, sort of one-off sort of things can become defining. And it's just like, mm. you know, that's not defining if it's not within a larger context. But it was interesting to just kind of go, oh yeah. Sometimes like you know, the thing that becomes your uh, mm-hmm. your highlight reel is really just the yeah. most insignificant thing. Not an right. impact, and then, and but then, it just sort of like, oh yeah, there was that one time I did this and just happened to be the biggest game on the planet at the time. But um, Right. But that's what I think people talked about a lot about that game and they're like, talk about Brandy scoring in my head. Or I go, but there were so many moments in that game yeah. that if they did not happen, I mean, Michelle doing so many yeah. things. I mean, it's just incredible. Um, but that's why I always, I, when I speak a lot, I, I, I speak about the little things, like everything you do matters. Yeah. Uh, that's one of my themes. Yeah. Everything there's a, whether it can contribute, whether it could hurt, it, it makes an impact. So you just got to figure out, you know, what the impact you want to yeah. make. My area of expertise is in what's called the Gottman method. John Gottman is one of the world's kind of leading researchers in couples therapy. And at the heart of his methodology is the phrase of small things often. Like, do the little things Mm. daily to make it, you know, kind of work. I like that. Okay, there you have it. Number 13, Christine Lilly, maybe the greatest of all time, and also my new best friend. Make sure you check out her book, Powerhouse. It's a really great book about teamwork uh, with lessons for both the playing field, uh, your business, also your relationship. Um, I've got one on my shelf. You should have one on your shelf. But more importantly, go find some female athletes to support or female leaders to lift up. Um, That seems to be Christine's main platform. I am all about it. In fact, tonight I get to go watch my daughter's rivalry game. I could not be more excited. Um, I will let you know in a future episode how that turns out. Um, Also, I do want to say that if you are presently on or affiliated with the U.S. Women's National Team, just know that you have a big fan here in Seattle, Washington. And also, if you are interested in being a part of, let's say, part two of this conversation, I would love to hear from you. And I promise I will gush. I'm especially interested in talking to someone about defensiveness. I have a huge respect for people who are good at being defensive, and I would love to talk to you about that. You can uh, hit us up at marriagetherapyradio.com or find us on the Instagram at marriagetherapyradio. Uh, Probably, I've already tried to slide into your DMs, so you might have a message for me somewhere. Uh, Just know that I'd love to talk to you. I think it'd be a lot of fun. Let's see, I'm supposed to say land this plane. I forgot to do that. Um, And also, thank you for all the time and attention you're putting into your relationship, making it better today than it was yesterday. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? (sighs) Well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games.